Cyril. What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lecto. I am joined today by two beautiful human beings, the first of which, Damo, how are you? I'm good, Dog. How are you? I'm well. Everything's flying for the Fremantle Football Club at the moment, Damo. I assume it's flying for you as well. Last time the lid came off, they lost to Gold Coast and Collingwood, so the lid is still firmly placed on the thing that the lid is on so maybe the lid can start being unscrewed but it's still on this thing that requires this lid (laughs) (laughs) also joining me you can hear him laughing at that madness that was just uttered is patch how are you patch lick dog i am unbothered moisturized happy in my lane focused and flourishing uh because yes and football club didn't exist for a week um, having just the best time and I'm calm and soothed like I haven't been in months. Like dog, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic and I'm particularly happy, gentlemen, because we have a partner on board again. The wonderful people over at Manscaped have jumped on board again thanks to all of your support to those who are listening. So um, bear with us while we talk through their latest product. Sweaty sack summer is approaching. I guess for us it's sweaty sack winter if you're sitting under a heater like I am 24-7. And it's time for us to prioritise the comfort of our crutch, gentlemen. That's why the kings of crutch comfort Manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honour of testing out these new boxer briefs and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear and i've tried them all gentlemen it's so breathable that it's like gills for my groin they even trademarked the jewel pouch tm so you know it's serious i think it's time you invest in your family jewels so let your bulge breathe and get 20 percent off plus free shipping by using the code jock j-o-c-k at manscaped.com gentlemen you, These use, briefs use code, are something else. Use code JOCK for your jocks. It's simple. Use, oh, uh, of course. It writes. Why it didn't ri- they think of that? Probably because they're an American company. They don't know what that word means. It, write, it writes jock. itself like dog. Use JOCK for your jocks. Very comfortable. Uh, they look after the family jewels. Great to have them on board. And as always, if you are interested in uh, getting involved, go to manscaped.com, use the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, because it really does help the podcast out i'm actually going to go through at the end of the podcast and we're going to read out a few uh a few reviews people have been leaving to help support the podcast as well so it's exciting times let's jump into the main thing gentlemen let's talk super coach the first buy round is complete and the dreaded follow-up buy rounds are here 
and making things even worse. Wait, this round, wait, 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 wait. No, we've we've had the buy rounds. They've they're done. We did it again <laughs> no, no. and again <laughs> and again from different angles. They're done. Well, uh, I know Essendon's continue buy runs will continue this week uh, and the following sort of ten or eleven weeks of the season. But no, we still have buys, and they kick off this week for Super Coaches to make life hell. On Thursday, Damo, and they go all the way through until Monday afternoon, Queen's birthday. Yes, so there's like a game every day with two on Saturday and there's no overlaps, but it's a long round. It's a very long round. It's going to make trades kind of difficult this week. Yeah, what do we do? Well, the only thing we can do Trade before the first game. Use all your trades and hope it works out, or at least that's that's my go-to plan most of the time. I think what we'll do today, fellas, we'll focus firstly on the players coming off the round 12 buy, and that's players who didn't play last week, who we can look to bring into our teams. And then we're just going to bloody go back and forth and talk about a little bit of nonsense. Uh, Where do you want to start, Patch? I mean, the nonsense, but shouldn't we be starting in our, in our likes and dislikes for, for the week? So on the ball you are, Patch. That's why you're back in the seniors. Damo, this is the sort of form that this man brings to the side. I'll start with a very, very easy like, and it's a double like. I'm a cheat. Two players who I almost traded out in my team on Friday night to bring in uh, Tim English. Matt Rowell, Josh Dacos, both of them go... Bloody huge, dominate, and actually help me have a half-decent score. It turns out holding them for 17 weeks might have been worth it, Damo. It is, but I think you're celebrating around the wrong Dacos brother. Which Dacos did I say? You said Josh Dacos. It's actually Nick Dacos that you should... That you <laughs> that's how, that's how much I had to. him out of my side. <laughs> He's now going to be stuck in my side as a because I'm now completed in very broad quotation marks my side and Dacos gets to stick around is that D seven M eleven sort of setup. Geez, you're doing well if he's at M eleven, but uh you know I don't don't doubt your side's ability to be full of very good players all the time. Um my like was scoring two thousand and not feeling bad about it for once. That was my like. I uh I scrapped in the two oh four oh and and this week I was like oh I'm enjoying scoring 2040. Two weeks ago, was not enjoying that. That was a bad score and a bad time. So, big thumbs up for scoring exactly the same um, and having an entirely different reaction to it. Um, big thanks to Took Miller for that effort. It's exciting, exciting times. I, I, I couldn't believe it that so I scored just under 2000. And I was looking at the scores I was coming up against, and they were all like 2,100, 2,200. I was like, I'm getting smashed again. And then somehow all the projections came in, and then I won all of my leagues, and I have no idea. Damo, what worked for you? What was your like? My like was that, so the last few weeks, I haven't been able to nail a captain, and especially a vice captain, and then not nailing the vice captain has made me panic a little bit. So I've kept moving it around, kept moving it around, and the captain has failed, and it's given me a pretty bad score in the grand scheme of things. Uh, this week, I 
Put the VC on Bontempelli. Put the C on Rory Laird. And told myself I would not move the C unless Bontempelli scored well. And Laird comes out, scores 136. Perfect captain score. Not as much as Took Miller. Not as much as Max Gorn. But you would take 136 from a captain every day of the week. And my like is that I didn't panic and I backed in my initial thoughts. Very good. Very good. Well done. Well done. Claps all around. Um, let's turn the claps to booze. Dislikes. Lake Dog, what did you dislike? Boo. I dislike the vise. Boo. Um, what did I dislike? Uh, it's a... It's a tough question to answer because there's so much to dislike. There's so much to dislike. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say ignoring my gut instinct and all of the time I spend in our DM group chat talking up Max Gorn, ignoring that and putting the captain on Lockie Neal who scored 87 super coach points. Yikes. So, it, you know, it only cost me, what's that, about 111 points, which would have been the difference between, you know, my rank that I had and being very close to the top. I would like to point out that every time someone mentioned Lockie Neal as a captaincy option, I said that he would be tagged by James Aish. You did, and I ignored you, Demo. I ignored you. I went with the science, the maths, and it turns out that was the wrong thing to do. You fool. Demo, what uh, what didn't work for you this weekend? I traded in Sean Darcy thinking that oh, Lloyd Meek dear. wouldn't do much to his score, and uh, Lloyd Meek did a lot to his score. Oh dear. Oh dear. I was so close to following you before that bounce of that final game because I had the cash. I had a spot and I thought I could, like, I was looking at my score going, I could get a little, a little leg up and I just chickened out at the last minute. And I'm so happy that I did, but I'm so sad for you that it, that it happened that way. I think the good thing about it is, though, that Lloyd Meek won't stay in that side long term once Tabernar is able to, you know, stand up for more than three seconds. But, you know, <laughs> it still hurts. Oh dear. And Patch, what was your negative of the week? My negative of the week was um I just wanted I look, it's it's just me doing a positive as a negative again, but just I I wanted a bit more from Andy Brayshaw, considering he had thirty eight touches and I thought looking at that stat line I'm like, that that should be more than hundred and thirteen points, shouldn't it? Uh, not that I'm I'm one to knock champion data about, but he's you know the last month since I bought him in 94, 94, 100, 113. I, I wanted that that Brayshaw breakout too. Um, I wanted some some one twenties and one thirties sprinkled in there. When it was a captaincy option, like it's just Andy, mate, come on, where's the one eighty nine you had in round two? Like give me give me some of that good stuff. Um, Thirty nine disposals at sixty one percent. Nine clangers and a clanger is minus four each. Uh, so he lost. God. So he lost thirty six points from clangers alone. Stop doing clangers, Andy. Gosh, it's not that hard. <laughs> but I said on the on the mailbag last week, I think he's going to average about one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifteen on the run home. So you'd take one hundred and thirteen, especially in, in your last midfield spot, if you have him there. Absolutely. Yeah, he, yeah, he's my last. He's definitely yeah. He's my last midfield. Yeah, he's not M four. Yeah, yeah. He's his last spot. Oh, actually, that's <laughs> that's that's a good question. I'm <laughs> I'm going to open my team and see where he is in in terms of on field because I was agreeing with you one hundred percent, Dave. I was like, yeah, 
Don't Moses right. He he is a good final midfield position. All right, I'm just looking at my so team. Now that now that I put Miller and Patty and uh, Jack McRae back on, he is M six, but that's still not M eight, which is where I'd rather he be. Hmm. Well, if you don't count, I mean, if you ignore Zach Butters and Zach Merritt and Luke Parker, he's basically M eight. What did the Romans ever do for us? <laughs> All right, let's push on into the cash cows of the week, and then we'll talk primos that everyone should be trading into their team coming off the buy. A few options jumping off the page at me early, gentlemen, and you guys will know more about these guys than I do, so you can speak to them. The first one is Jacob Ware, break-even of negative 38. He is a GWS defender, $123,900, with an average of 56. A, is he going to play? And B, is he worth trading into our Supercoach sides? I thought you said we would know more about these players. I assumed. I know Jacob Ware exists. He, I know he's a bit weird. Get it? Because he's like weird. But like, but there's like, so many weird. other ways you could have gone with that, my man. There's so many other ways, and I ignored all of them. Um, he's a Giants rookie, leg dog. He's a I. He's good at football. That doesn't mean he stays in the side. That doesn't mean he stays playing as a defender. That doesn't mean he continues scoring, which he's, I don't know, done fine. Um, I yeah, he he was a much touted draft pick when he came in. At not this draft, not the last draft, the one before that. Um, as a kind of bit intercepting, bit running, bit good at football defender. I can't remember if he was mature age or not, but um. Yeah, we were we were big fans of him. We were 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 big fans of him. Um, that preseason, I don't know. I don't know because it's the Giants, and Mark McVeigh has shown that he's a worthy successor to Leon Cameron. In that, it's, it's awful and unpredictable, and I hate it. Yeah, I don't know where Jacob fits in, but looking at their injury list, there's no one coming back straight away unless they squeeze Tim Taranto in and move the magnets around. And we know the Giants like to move the magnets around, so that is a high possibility. I think for most of these rookies that are on the bubble, it's pretty much if they're named and playing and you need them in the buy round, you pick them. I don't think long-term they're going to give us too much cash. However, this guy might. Mitch Owens, $117,300, break-even of negative 22. His last score was a 91, but he's averaging 46 because in his debut, what did he score? Was it negative? It was two. two. No, it was two. it was just two. Well, that's not um, negative. Not At least it's not negative. So he's essentially uh, pretty close to a, a bargain basement. Rookie, we sus- expect that he's going to play. You already have him in your team, don't you, Patch? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. He had n- nine tackles. He had a lot of cuddles uh, in his second game and bunch of contested possessions and that's what he does he's built for super coach and quite good and he's obviously gone back to sandwich ham and has spent some time at vfl level and worked on being how to football good um and has learned how to football good and with jack Steele out they're talking about him as a you know jack Steele clone he's obviously not going to average 125 like Steele does but i think he's a good chance to get a decent run in that side um and you know, based on that that second last game, we saw he would be top of my downgrade list for this week, coming off the bye, assuming he's named, which I hope he is. Otherwise, boy, don't I look like a damned fool. 
I don't think you can drop him after the game against North Melbourne, um, but Hunter Clark and Jack Higgins will both be available. So there is a big watch on that. The only other players on the bubble who might be returning from injury this week, I'm pretty sure Sam Skid is actually going to play VFL, uh, Sandfall, but he's not far away. He's been cleared of concussion. And then Kai Lohman, word is that he'll be available in round 13, whether that's for senior footy or VFL, we're not sure. But he is also a forward at 121K who is on the bubble. And that's really it for cash cows. Other than that, this is the point in our season, Patch, where you start looking at uh, potentially trading in zeros to upgrade these final positions in our team. I think we hold off one more week on trading in the zeros. Unless you've got 20 or you've got 18 and you're absolutely set and happy, go lucky. I think this week you just need to make sure you've got those bodies on field. And there might be one more rookie that, you know, not on the bubble, but uh, there might be one more. Sorry, Damo. Would you trade in a zero to get another player on the field? Like, for example, if all of my defenders are named, I have to put one on the bench and I can't have that score elsewhere. But I can trade in, for example, uh, Carl Warner and make that switch just and make that switch to get another player on my field. Yes, I you're, you're so. taking your. I think so. Yeah, like a Paddy McCartan or a like a Nick Dacos or a Teakle. Yeah, to I'm a, trading to in Teakle to allow a forward ruck swing. Yeah, yep. if if that gets you one extra player on field, go for it. Yes, that's a very good call, Damo. Um, because you know you're not so much trading in the donut as you are trading in someone for this week. But I think, um, I think this week we might need to just make sure you've got 18 and then start looking at those donuts. Um, Black Dog. The new man, Durden, does he come straight in? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that that translates to scoring, but if you were thinking of bringing in a a non-playing player to allow for a trade, a guy like Sam Durden, who the Blues picked up in the mid-season draft, they desperately need a third or a second tall at this stage. Um, he comes in to replace Jacob Wiedering. Maybe he scores 50 points a game, maybe, but it's probably better bringing someone like him in than a complete zero, if you have the option. Um, He's certainly in the frame of things. I don't think Will Hayes, who's the other mature age player that the Blues picked up, I'm not confident that he's in in line for that role, for a starting 22 role anytime soon, but I certainly think towards the back end of the season they'll look at him. But yeah, Durden will, will play, would be my bold statement. We love that. All right, let's move on, unless there are any other rookies that we've missed. No, no, I think it's time to move on to some premium players. And we promised our friend over at KFC Supercoach, Tim Mitchell, that we would speak about this man first. And this man, he'll only cost you $4,416 for every point he scores. He's averaging 110.9 points per game, and he is under $500,000. What's going on here, Patch? It's Travis Boak. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what Travis Boke is doing um, at that price. Well, I can That's, help you out. Yeah, please His help me out. This is, this is a curveball yeah. that I was not ready for. I was bracing for Zach Merritt and getting very excited. And No, no. no you no, can no, no. Hold, maintain your arousal. Okay. Uh, Travis Boke's three-round average is 74.3. His five-round average is 91.8. 
He started the year with a 149, a 156, a 133, a 117, an 88, a 118, an 87, and a 149. They're all pretty decent scores. Yeah, they're good. The last three weeks have been god-awful, 36, 86, and 101. At his price, Damo, is he someone we can ignore? You know he's got a scoring pedigree in his past. I remember last year I jumped on Ollie Wyans at a similar price. I had nothing to back up the form, but I liked the price and it finished off my team. And then Ollie Wyans came home like a freight train and averaged 118 or something ridiculous like that. And it might be something that people can take a punt on. Well, I guess, the so we can probably open this up to another player. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at cheap premiums to finish off their midfield. They're going to be comparing guys like Travis Boak and your boy, Zach Merritt, Patch. We need to make the case for both. Zach Merritt is $520,000. Travis Boak is four hundred eighty nine k. Who do you prefer and why? Uh, Zach Merritt, because he's God's gift to humankind and the only reason I turn on the football when Essendon are playing. Okay, yeah, that's their solid. Oh, you, oh, you wanted a, a like an objective uh, decision. So, um, I if think... you look at um, the average per round, obviously Boak has a five point increase, but over the last three and five rounds, Zach Merritt has been averaging ninety six and ninety nine respectively. It's a lot better than seventy four and ninety one. It is. Merritt doesn't have the ceiling that Boak does, but he probably has a higher floor. Yeah, I think so. I think Merritt's will be more consistent, and I think like Essendon can't get any worse, so I think there's a, a slight rise. We've seen some stats come out this week that he statistically finishes years off very strongly, and I think the fact that he's younger uh, will help him you know, have a bit more run in the legs as opposed to a Boke who, you know, is tooth length is a factor, I think, for Boke. He's getting to that stage where, you know, a knock might put him out for a week, whereas Merritt could, you know, could get up. Um, so that that's a mild concern there for me on that front. Um, so I, I think I prefer Merritt, even from an, an objective standpoint. Sorry, I'm just getting a bit excited while talking about Zach Merritt, and um, I think I just prefer him as a as an all round option. But goodness me, Boke is very cheap and has a very long history of being very good at football. Damo, do you have a preference in the two? Because my counterpoint to Patch is potentially Zach Merritt is playing for Essendon, so if he gets even a scratch, that's a pretty good excuse for them to stop playing him for the year. Ah, the tanking. The finger thing means the tanking. (laughs) I think I'd, I'd try and find that extra 30K to get Zach Merritt. I think his post buy form the last two to three years is a lot better than Travis Boak's post-buy form the last two to three years. We've seen Travis Boak have real fast starts and then sort of taper off at the end of the year, and maybe that's his age, maybe that's because Ken Hinckley tries to add another bow, a, another string to their bow that doesn't really suit Travis Boak's game style. Um, and if Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, uh, Trent Dumont, if he's going to stay in this team, continue to play well, then Travis Boak will more likely play that half-forward role that they've been saying he's going to play all year but hasn't. All right, I think we can leave it there. I think we're all leaning towards a Zach Merritt, and I certainly 
will be at this stage trading Zach Merritt into my team because uh, the Blues don't seem to put too much work into opposition players, especially accumulators, and Zach Merritt certainly is that. Let's stick in the midfield, gentlemen. Two Carlton players that we need to discuss if people don't have them. You're probably going to go to you guys because we all know how good these guys are, so we just need to go for a, a preference of the two. Paddy Cripps and George Hewitt. Which one would you prefer? Paddy Cripps at four, 548k, averaging 115, or George Hewitt at 575k, averaging 118? Patch, if you had to choose, if you didn't have them. Hewitt. Is there any follow-up or just that you Paddy think Cripps has hurt me score? on several emotional, physical, <laughs> and spiritual levels in the past. Um, and George Hewitt is a beautiful, bouncing baby boy, and I adore him. Um, next question, Your Honour. Damo, how do you feel? Yeah, I'd go for George Hewitt. You won't find George Hewitt in the in the ruck. So. No, that's true. That's true. And George Hewitt, uh, Fantasy Franco tweeted out that George Hewitt averages 35.4 points in final quarters this year. That is a lot of points in final quarters. Let's continue down our midfield path. I'm going to get... This is a, a bit, slightly odd comparison, but I think they've had very similar years Jack Sinclair, defense mid, 562K, averaging 113 points for the season. Five-round average of 110. And Dan Houston, defense mid, Port Adelaide player, 533,000, averaging 107 for the year and 106 over the last five. I think they're very similar, What in a similar comparison to the others we've done in that one is cheaper and the difference in point scoring is small but still there. Do you guys have a preference in either one of them? Jack Sinclair. Jack. I watched that game before the St. Kilda bye, and he was racking up points literally just by breathing near the ball. So he must be doing something that is good enough to score points because it felt like a kick was worth about 15 points and him standing by the ball was worth two. Jack Sinclair, refer to previous answer for justification. Only two scores below 100 this year, Jack Sinclair, 85 and 83, including a high score of 140 and a couple of scores in the 130s. Agree, he'd be my choice. Dan Houston still scares me. I know he's had a very good year, but his scoring is not nearly as uh, sort of consistent as Jack Sinclair's been. He's got a, got a really high ceiling, but his floor is probably slightly lower. Yeah, and I think he's at a risk. He's very much in that utility mold where... There's a, a chance that he comes off that wing and he does actually, you know, just have to play in the back line where he plummets to 80s, or I think he's too useful in too many positions. Um, so there's, he's, they're running the risk of him playing somewhere else. Lek Doc, you've owned this guy for most of the year. I think you've actually started with him, actually. And he's under 500K and he's coming off his buy. You've reaped the benefits of him gaining a whole lot of cash from his starting price, but lots of people will be looking at. Jade Gresham this week as a possible trade-in in the forward line. People won't be trading him in because they've missed out on all that cash generation. Should they look past that now and look at his performance over the year um, to, as a, a, rather rather than his, his, his missing out on his starting price? It's very easy for me to sit here as an owner and tell you that, yeah, you should ignore the fact that you've, you've uh, had his price rises. Um, you should ignore that. You should bring him in just based on his form, based on the fact that he's a forward who's 
scoring reasonably well. Last three weeks, 115, 115, 99. It's built as the season's gone on. It's very easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, ignore the fact that you could have got him way cheaper. But then then I don't want to pick any players that started the year cheap that I didn't start, including, you know, Sicily, Tim English. They're players that I haven't even considered in my trade plans, really haven't considered because I missed out on their price rises. So while, yes, I think he's a reasonable option, particularly in that forward line, um, and I think he's going to build as the season goes on even more, no, uh, it's very hard to tell you to ignore the fact that his price has gone up. But he's he's really look. Here's here's the, the 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 positives. One, he's playing a hell of a lot of time in the midfield. They want to build him in that midfield. But when the game gets into sort of dispute and he needs to, they put him forward and he impacts the scoreboard. So he's always impacting when the game's tight because he's either in the midfield around the ball when it's there to be won, or he's going forward and kicking clutch goals. Both equal quality scoring opportunities. He has had a couple of games where he's dropped like a 55 and a 51 throughout the year where he hasn't hit the scoreboard. That is a risk with him as a forward option. But I think, I mean, you look at Josh Dunkley, 66 on the weekend, there's risk with pretty much everyone in that forward line. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at him. He's someone who I can afford and someone who will finish my forward line off nicely. I don't want to pick anyone up that's on the buy at the moment and he gives me an extra player through these next two weeks. Um, Patch, where do you sit on the Jade Gresham train? Um, I missed him, so I I don't really want to consider him. But I think he's no, I, I think he's a good option. Um, I think he's you know, especially with Steel out for an extended period of time, they will need to throw him in there, in the midfield a bit more. Um, and I think he, he's good at that. And as Lex said, the the clutch goals, um, he's a he's a big game player, and that equals a lot of points um, in the world of Supercoach. Um, and that that's good news. That's a good news for um, a lot of people involved on that front. Um, if we're going to look under or sub 500k guys, Tom Green started the season like a house on fire and has run out of puff in his last five, averaging just the 91, 84 over his last three. Is he someone that you know we consider, um, you know, as, as someone who might bounce back, or do we think that he's he's run out of steam? Is is the buy going to refresh him? and bring him back to, you know, he's averaging 115, you know, seven or eight rounds into the year. Does he get back to that? I don't think so. I think a combination of Ginigliog, Perryman, and Josh Kelly going beast mode make him not a viable option as a trade-in. If you own him, you could ride him and and hope that it turns around, but he's not someone I'm looking to target into my super coach side. Josh Kelly, someone you want to target with a three round average of 137 and 130. If we want to swing to the, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you of these four, I'm calling them Uber primos, Josh Kelly averaging 114 on the year, 130 over the last five Darcy Parrish averaging 118 on the year, 126 over the last five Sam Walsh, 117 average with 125 over the last five and Ollie Wines, your boy demo averaging 104 on the year, but averaging 115 over the last five, these four guys, if you can afford them, how do you split them? And is there any reason you wouldn't go one of these big 600K players? Or are you going to suggest that we go for a couple of cheaper ones, which has been my plan all year and has not worked? There's going to be a time where you have to splurge on a on a stud player. Strongly like- disagree. Haven't done it. Won't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Don't have any cash, Jen. <laughs> Don't have any trades. 
I think if you can afford it, Sam Walsh is probably the number one priority there because Josh Kelly's prone to a role change. Or an injury. Or an or an injury. Or a role change and an injury. Darcy Parrish, he his scores are uh, are reliant on him touching the ball more than thirty times in a game. When he has games where he doesn't touch the ball quite as much, he doesn't score quite as well. And Ollie Wines is kind of in the same boat as Darcy Parrish. I think for mine, I, I like what you're saying. Sam Walsh is interesting because obviously we've already talked about Cripps and Hewitt as players who you need to have or need to consider in your teams if you don't have them. The Blues are the number one team, or they were prior to the buy rounds. I'm not sure if it's changed, but they were the number one team for disposals. Um, they feed each other. This midfield works off accumulating the ball, backwards handballs, and then using someone as an outlet each week. Sometimes it's Sam Walsh, sometimes it's someone else. I don't think his scoring is going to dry up for the same reasons that I wanted to start him before he missed the start of the season. I agree that he's a very good trade-in option. But the ceiling of Josh Kelly does tempt me. As a non-owner and, and someone who will never trade him in, geez, it tempts me. And let me uh, let me tempt you further. His next four games, like Dog, North Melbourne will score 200. Western Bulldogs, difficult matchup, but you know could well score the 100 pump out there. Collingwood will rack up 45 touches. Hawthorne doesn't tag, will rack up 40 touches. <laughs> yeah, average is 118 against Hawthorne, yep. which was Josh Kelly. Yep. High score against all of those sides, 147, 132, 147, 154. Low score against all those sides, 57, 24, 62. 96. I think he can genuinely average 140 in his next four weeks. Um, now, if, if you look at him after those four weeks, he'll be too expensive and you know will be well and truly overpriced. I think he's going to go gangbusters in the next month. So I think if you're going to jump on, jump on now and captain him against North Melbourne because stop, stop, they're already dead. Please stop. Yeah, I think for upside, Josh Kelly, he's also the cheapest of of Kelly, Parrish, and Walsh. So um, that's a very tasty proposition. I don't think you can really go wrong with any of them, though. No, I'm still very much pro Kelly and then Walsh and then, you know, the other two I'm not really considering. Um, But, yeah, I don't think you go too wrong with any of them. Just one to finish it off. I assume we need to finish off pretty soon. Oh, yeah. When a player has a bad score or a frustrating run of scores, people consider trading them out. Can we can can we quash those thoughts about Jack McRae? I've seen yeah. people considering trading him him out after consecutive weeks of him being on a hundred points and then stuck on the bench in the dying stages of games and and unable to reach into that hundred and ten plus score. Yes, it's frustrating, but I think with Bailey Smith to miss the next two weeks, we should see him play a greater role in that midfield. And we can, and we've seen how quickly he can rack up scores. I've seen him go from 10 to 50 in about eight disposals. So I get why people are thinking of trading him, but just don't do it. Look, you've already lost, he's already lost 117 grand since the starting his starting prize. We knew he'd lose cash at some stage in the season. He's averaging 119 on the year. His last three is only averaging 104, but 
you only have to look a couple of games ago, like four or five weeks ago, 117 and 144. We know this guy can pump out decent scores. Yes, he's not pumping out 120s like we probably hoped he would, but I, I think the, the time to jump off was was like four weeks ago if you were if you had the ability to, you know, have foresight and see the future. Uh, that was the time to trade him sideways, probably to someone else. So no, I I don't think trading him is a is is a viable play, in my opinion. If a bloke averaging one hundred and nineteen point four is your biggest problem, your biggest problem is not trading out a bloke averaging one hundred and nineteen point four. It is planning how you're going to spend your fifty thousand dollars at the end of the year. Leave me alone, gentlemen. A quick one in the rucks. If Bruce isn't named again this week, he's a must-trade, isn't he? Throw him into the sun. Same with Sam Hayes. If he's not named, you've got to move him on. I expect him to be named. Yes, agreed. Um, I think, you know, he's been good, made a lot of cash. Um, I, you know, if he's named, probably hold him for another week um, just to get that extra um, points on field. And then next week, chop him to that R3 rookie loophole dude. And just on that R3 rookie loophole, dude, Bryn Teekle is more like Peter Laddams than Sam Hayes is, and Ken Hinckley loved playing Laddams and Lysette in the same team. Ooh. We might see Teekle and Lysette in the same team before the end of the year. Keep talking dirty to me, Damo. Ooh. Ooh. I don't want to talk about the forward line, gentlemen, before we wrap up. There's just no good options, in my opinion, this week. You're looking at guys like Charlie Kerner, Jade Gresham, Dustin Martin, if you want to take a punt, Zach Butters. Nothing in the forward line says to me, this is the week to trade in. It's going to be next week when the Bulldogs are off the bye. But in defense, there are still some some very tempting options we haven't touched on. We've obviously talked about Sinclair, Hewitt, Houston, etc. Sam Doherty is one I'm looking at at 530k this week. And Adam Saad at 485k. I know they're both Carlton players. I know I'm obsessed with, obsessed with Carlton players. But Saadi averaging 101 on the year. Doherty averaging 110 on the year. Both affordable. Both scoring pretty regularly and pretty consistently. Yep, I don't have a problem with either of them. Um, if you're after more of a pod... Um, Isaac Cumming and Harry Perryman from the Giants, averaging 104 and 108, respectively, for the Giants in their last five games. Um, maybe. Perryman I really like. He's maybe. playing through the mids. He's tagging a little, which I don't like as much. Perryman is a real tempting one. And if you're on a real pod, Callum Wilkie is averaging 113 across the last three games. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I love that. $491,000 St. Kilda. I'm not sure what position he plays, if he's fullback or Hassan back or I think he's that, Ruck. I think he's that third tall uh, for the Saints and will take the occasional kick out. If you want to be the 1,001st team to bring him in, <laughs> be my guest. Although, Pat, you haven't even mentioned it. It's, it's time for Mason Redmond, right? I mean, it is potentially time for Mason Redmond, averaging 98 over his last five, 91 over his last three, coming off a suspension. Um, God, I love him. Don't think he's quite there for uh, Classic, but God, I want to. God, I want to. And if they get rid of Nick Hind, then I'll consider it, but maybe. All right, gentlemen. I think that just about wraps us up for the week. I want to read out a review that was left on Apple reviews during the week. Did they carve it in with like a knife on the Apple? (laughs) 
This is from Leon Dong Silver. It's titled Up the Jock Strap Reynolds Boys. Great podcast from the crew at Jock Reynolds. Plenty of insight and laughs on a weekly basis. Love it. Five stars. What a beautiful review. If you want to have your review read out or your message to us, just leave a, a rating on whatever your podcast platform of choice is. To be honest with you, I only use Apple, so that's where I'm probably going to see it. But leave a review on 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 where Spotify or Apple or wherever you leave reviews. We'll find them. We'll read them out. Uh, the funniest ones will get read out in given priority. Oh, hello. It's time to wake up, everyone. Ring, 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 ring. It's the buys. There are... They're, they're still well i mean they they were here last week that joke didn't oh dear jeez we end with with no steam every single week every <laughs> single week just out like a wet mop honestly demo people need to get their questions in asap for your mailbag podcast yep before tuesday night cuz we're recording early wednesday as opposed to wednesday night uh that's because we have dan batten from the KFC Supercoach team joining us. So, uh, get your questions in. He's a draft expert, isn't he? He's good at draft. He's good at nailing his rookies. He knows a lot about rookies. So, we're probably going to ask him a few questions regarding a few rookies and how f- and whether he thinks they'll stay in or are worth holding on to. Um, so, get your questions in before Tuesday night. Use the hashtag JockMailBag. Or as Patch used, jock buy bag because. Yep. Please get your questions in so they can spend more time on your questions and less time on my question. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. You're both beautiful. XOXO. Goodbye, community.